0: From the Middle English, Kraken. Verb, to break, split, or snap with a sharp sound. To fall apart under pressure. To solve a mystery, decipher a code, or understand a problem after much thought. To strike, to break through a barrier, to open a book, as for studying. Noun, a loud noise, a narrow opening, a joke, a break in the surface, an opportunity. Crack. Another day went by and no Mr. Wave. Early's time in school circled around checking the office for a message or missed visit. She half expected Mr. Wave to show up outside the door one day at dismissal and whiz her off to the Harold Washington Library. Just in case, she kept a note from some in her pocket. It never happened. Early pulled out the note and looked at it so many times that the edges became worn. She felt guilty now that she'd ever thought Mr. Wave was scary. She hoped they hadn't frightened him away. Aisha had pneumonia. She'd been rushed to the hospital one night, and the next day her mom had left the shelter. Mrs. Happity promised to let Early know as soon as she heard where Aisha and her mom had gone. Early felt sad she hadn't had a chance to say goodbye, and already missed her one good friend. Some visited a daycare center with Juby that week. The only place with an opening was in a dank basement with dirty floors, a TV blaring in the corner, a broken bathroom sink, and just a few blocks and dolls. Most of the kids were crying on the day some and Juby walked in. Each afternoon when Early got back from school, she went straight upstairs to find Juby. Her brother was growing more and more difficult and restless. He whined a lot and had a constant cough and runny nose. Some seemed barely to notice. When Early took him, it at least gave some a chunk of time to make calls. If the tutoring room wasn't open, Early played with Juby until dinner. She found a box of half-broken crayons in the trash at school and squirreled away paper from the recycling bin outside her classroom. Now her brother could do some coloring. She tried to explain that he shouldn't use all the paper at once, but that only made him cry. So she watched sadly as he filled a handful of sheets with bold blue and yellow scribbles in about ten minutes. Some had seemed to perk up after Mr. Wave's visit, but as each day passed with no word from Dash's old teacher, Early watched her mother slip further and further down some kind of crack. One afternoon, when Early went upstairs to find Juby, some was simply lying on the lower bunk of their fort. Her eyes barely open. while Juby used his toothbrush to shoot everyone who walked by. Pal, you're dead. No more talking, he said over and over. When Early took Juby downstairs and told some, okay, there's still time for calls today, her mother didn't move or even answer. Early saw Mrs. Happity. A few minutes later and said, my mother isn't doing too well. Can you help her find an okay place to take Juby so she can get going on a job? Mrs. Happity sighed. I've given her all the references I have. Maybe I can move you all to your own room one of these days. Then maybe she'll feel a little bit more like herself. She patted early on the back. Your mom is lucky to have you, she said. Juby, meanwhile, "'had started pulling on Early. "'Don't want to go no place. "'Want to stay with you and some,' he moaned, "'half crying as he pulled on her hand. "'Then a coughing fit started. "'Disgusting stuff poured down his face, "'and Early had to hurry him to the bathroom "'to get him cleaned up. "'Many of the kids in the shelter were sick "'with an endless round of colds. "'Of the group she'd met that first day "'in the tutoring room, "'only one or two had returned.' and Early began to understand that was the way things went at Helping Hand. Families dropped out of programs, suffered through emergencies, had to move overnight. No one seemed surprised when a kid stayed out of school or didn't come to meals. No one asked where he or she was, as if missing stuff was just a part of life. Early decided she couldn't wait another day for Mr. Wave. Tomorrow, she'd ask in the office at school for his number, and then she'd call him herself. Maybe he didn't realize how bad things were or how desperately they needed to find Dash. He couldn't see that Sum and Juby were both falling apart and that no one but Early seemed to know it. Crack. At bedtime that night, Early asked Sum to read more Treasure Island. She shook her head. Just don't have the heart, baby. I'm sorry, I really am, she murmured. Plus, it's a little too close to what's real, too painful to read right now. Early said, her voice getting louder and louder, but you've got to have the heart, Sam, and we don't have pirates here. You gotta read and you can't give up. Juby and I need you so badly and Dash needs you even more. What about rescuing Dash? You're the grown-up, and you can't give up. What about Dash Summerly, Juby? Why would Dash say, what would Dash say if he saw you like this? Some's face crumpled and her voice got high and squeaky. He'd say, what's wrong with you, baby? We got places to go and things to do. It's just, it's just so hard. I can't see a way out of this, you know? I'm losing hope. Maybe Dash isn't coming back. The tears were running freely down some's face now early yelled at her mother stop it you can't talk that way and ran downstairs she heard you crying at the top of the stairs calling early don't go away don't be mad keep me company early sat down at one of the eating tables put her head in her arms and tried to hide her tears soon someone was rubbing her back early looked up to see velma the woman who had first spoken to them when they got into Helping Hand, who lost her kids and many of her teeth, I heard you up there. Your mama's a good one now. She's a good one. Maybe it's up to you. Sometimes kids can do a better job than their parent, than their parents when life gets mean. We try, but we got confusions. These words comforted early. She looked at Velma. Yeah, she said thanks. You go on back and tell her you love her. That's all a mama needs to hear. Yeah, Early said, realizing Velma probably never got to hear that from her kids. Things could be worse. They were still three. Early walked slowly back up the stairs, splashed her face with cold water, and headed over to their cluster. Some was up and opening drawers with a jerk one after the other, moving faster and faster. Hey, where is it? Where's our first book of rhythms? I was going to read a few pages aloud to you two tonight just to bring us back to happier times, but I don't see it. Early, did you take it to school? Early shook her head. Of course not. And I'm sorry, Sam. I didn't mean... Juby! Some shouted, her voice strange and shrill. You didn't do anything with it, did you? Juby's eyes got big, and he whispered, I gave it to a boy. He let me play with his truck. Which boy, which? Some was crouched in front of Juby now, and her intensity frightened both kids. It's okay, some. I'll look around, Early said, and began to walk between the bunks, asking for the book. Seeing our old family read aloud, my brother gave it to a boy in this room, and we're sorry, but we want it back. Anyone got it? Some rushed around the room after Early, shouting at everyone. Juby couldn't seem to remember which boy he'd given it to. No one offered to give it back. The guard came over and threatened to call Miss Happity if some didn't simmer down. Some then turned her back on Juby, who was now wailing. Early had to step in and quiet him down. When he finally fell asleep, she lay awake, feeling angry, but this time not at some. Her mother was obviously in trouble how dare someone keep their book a book dash had found for the family when they'd asked for it back she peeked out at the tiny slivers of light coming through the shelter blinds and thought about what it felt like to fly to escape crack before going to school the next morning early printed big signs and put them all over the shelter missing the first book of rhythms Means a lot to the Pearl family. Please return if you have it. We thank you. When she got to school, she went directly into the office. Mrs. B was there and beamed a a cheery hello. Well, you're the girl with the pearl, aren't you? The girl with the pretty name. Early nodded and tried to look pleasant. Her smile felt stiff. I'm wondering if you could give me Mr. Wave's phone number. Early paused and Mrs. B blinked early hurried on. I have something new to tell him. He came here last week to meet me when you were out of the office, and then he even came to our shelter that night and talked with my mom and little brother. She stopped for a breath. Please, she added. Mrs. B's pink, um, Mrs. B's nails, pink this time, strolled across the counter while she looked up at the ceiling. Well, if he didn't give it to you himself, I'm sorry, honey. I can't do that. No wiggle room in the rules. Oh, Early looked so sad, that Miss B said. But I could leave something on the counter by mistake. Oh, Early said. Yes, maybe I'll stop back in at lunchtime. Wow, Miss B, just a scrap of paper. No idea what's on it, she said cheerfully and winked at Early. That morning, the classroom felt less strange. From her desk, Early looked around. Miss Chaff smiled at her. Why, you look so awake this morning. I'm trying to decide on a project for our first free writing time this month. How about a recent dream you've had? How does that sound, kids? Early scowled. Miss Chaff paused, confused. Or any dream you remember and would like to share with us, she added. Some of the boys snickered, and there was a creaking of chairs. Miss Chaff looked irritated. Look, okay, write about what you'd like to, but it needs to be appropriate. A wish or a dream. You may have to read it aloud. Early wondered what on earth she would say. She couldn't talk about Dash visiting them and teaching her to fly, or Velma, who'd lost her kids, or her upset little brother and sad mother, both of whom cried all the time now. Or Dash, who was the best and smartest father in the world and was wanted by the police? But she could. She bent over, scribbling madly. As she wrote, her face relaxed and a tiny smile appeared. In what seemed like no time, but was really 20 minutes, Miss Chaff interrupted with, Okay, that's all we can do today. Early, would you read yours to us? Early froze suddenly remembering the girl with the braids in the lunchroom. Was it safe to read what she'd written? The room was quiet. She shook her head. Oh, come on. Miss Chaff had her hands on her hips and was pleading in an embarrassing way now. Well, okay, Early agreed, feeling as though any more of a fuss would make things worse. This is about a house in our old neighborhood, and my family and I had a kind of dream about it. We used our imaginations. Very good, Miss Chaff said encouragingly, her stomach turning early red. What if you could pick where you lived? What if you could pick a house and make it just like you wanted? My family and I used to play that game, especially with a home we walked by in Woodlawn. They always had a cat in the front window and red roses in the yard every summer, There was a swing on the porch and rocking chairs. If I lived in that house, I'd change the curtains from white to lace so lots of light came in. I'd hang a crystal in my bedroom window so that rainbows danced around the walls. I'd make a big sign that said, Welcome to the Pearl Home, right next to the doorbell. Early paused, swallowing. Something about the words, Pearl Home, sounded so far away like they came from someone else's story. She went on. My little brother said he'd drive his trucks on the walk all day and eat cookies on the front steps. My dad would mow the lawn and paint the kitchen a sky blue. He loves to read and wants bookshelves in every room. My mom would sit on the porch, be happy again, and watch everyone go by. And at Christmas, We'd have a tree with a thousand lights and balls and ornaments sparkling away in the living room. When you looked in from outside, you'd think, that is my dream home. She shuffled her two pages together in a neat pile and sat absolutely still. Miss Chaff dabbed her nose with a tissue and said, that is so moving, just beautiful, Early. From the back of the room, someone mimicked, just beautiful and sniffed loudly. Miss Chaff spun around. Who said that? Jason, I'd like you to read yours now. There was a scuffling, shuffling sound and then a slow voice began. I dream about having money so we don't have to worry anymore. So we can get me a stunt bike and get my teenage sister a big TV so her friends will want to come over. So we can hang some things on the windows and walls of our home. It's always so bare, and we don't got no decorations. My, did, my dad sits on the couch all day and wants a job. My mom comes home from work and yells at him because there's toys everywhere and beer bottles tipped over and dishes in the sink. Money is always in my dreams. Miss Chaff said, Very good. My, home is a big thing, isn't it? Silence. Not really, a girl said and giggled kind of boring. There was tittering. Early suddenly felt a spurt of fury. She turned around in her chair to face the girl who'd spoken and the other kids who were smiling. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Try life without a home and you won't laugh about it. Try not having even one family bedroom or even one parent with a job. Try sleeping with a ton of other strangers in the same room. Try having your dad vanish and having a mom who used to be happy and is now sad or mad all the time. Try waiting in line to eat every meal and waiting in line to make a phone call. Just try it. Early jumped out of her seat and ran, bumping into three or four desks on the way. Once out in the hall, she bolted blindly toward the bathroom, locked herself into a stall, and sobbed. What had she done? Now she'd never be able to face anyone in the school again. She dried the tears on her sleeve and sat quietly, trying to figure out what to do next. The bell rang. Soon the bathroom filled up with girls, and to her horror, kids kept rattling the handle on her stall. Hurry up! I gotta go! Who's in there? Early covered her mouth and said, I'll be right out, hoping that would disguise her voice. Then she heard, Oh, it's the homeless girl, the one who reads in class. Followed by, shh, that's not nice. And then, whoever you are, you're not early any longer. You're going to be late if you don't get going. And then, can't make a home in a toilet, won't work. Followed by a wave of laughter. Early flung the door open. Who said that? Her voice shook, but she felt strong with anger no one answered. Whoever you are, you are the worst person I've ever met. I hope you lose your home and, and everyone in your family leaves you behind and you have to start begging for food. Early slammed her shoulder into the metal door of the stall, making one of the girls stagger backwards. Elbowing her way past the others, she stomped on a bunch of sneakers. A chorus of "'Oh, she hurt me, and ow, I'm telling,' drifted out of the bathroom behind her. She was dying to leave school and go back to the shelter on her own, but she knew the guard at the exit would stop her. Glancing toward the door, Early almost missed what she then absorbed. The chair, miraculously, was empty. Not a soul to be seen, maybe only for seconds." She ran as fast as she could and burst outside into the cold, bright air. Crack. Pulling up the hood on her sweatshirt, Early walked as fast as she could, slipping and sliding on the icy sidewalk. She passed a group of police officers and glanced nervously in their direction, but they had bigger problems. One prodded a person wrapped in about a hundred jackets, a lump lying against a building. No face was visible, but the head shook Know again and again. Early felt like telling the police to leave the poor soul alone, but she kept going. Another cop bent over a form slumped in the doorway of a boarded up building. No response, he called out to someone sitting in a patrol car at the curb. Early shuddered and hurried on. Even a week ago, she would have been shocked at the thought of someone dying outside in this neighborhood, but not anymore. She knew shelter rules were that no kids were allowed in unless their parents were there, also. Some, you better be here. Oh, please, she prayed over and over as she hurried down the block. Grabbing the shelter door, she yanked it open and bumped right into Miss Happity. Oh, my, Early, you've got everyone so worried. The school just called. What happened? Early felt her legs wobble beneath her, and she plopped down into a carton of plastic forks that had just been unloaded by a food supply truck. I want my mother, she moaned. Can you get my mother? Mrs. Happity frowned. Your mother just took your little brother to the hospital. His cough was so bad. Oh. Early's breath whooshed out in a long, shaky sigh. Please don't make me go back to the school, she pleaded. Miss Happity put her arm around Early and walked her into the office. She sat her down in the corner and shut the glass door. Returning to the front desk, the shelter director made a couple of phone calls. Soon, a policewoman walked in the door. Early felt her heart drop through the floor and zoom into outer space. Was she being arrested? The policewoman walked towards her, as if in slow motion, with Miss Happity now beside her. Early froze. The door opened, and Miss Happity said, Early, this officer is going to take you to the hospital to be with your mother and brother, and I'll walk you upstairs to get a change of clothes and all three of your toothbrushes, just in case you folks are there for the night. Early nodded, unable to speak. They walked up the stairs. When they got to the Pearl Cluster, there on the floor between the bunks was the first book of rhythms. Early pounced on it and gave it a hug. The paper jacket was a bit more ragged, and the green cover beneath had a new streak of dirt, but it looked as though it were still in one piece. "'Thanks,' she breathed to Miss Happity, and they headed downstairs. She tucked the book into a plastic bag with her supplies. "'Here, this is clean,' Miss Happity said, handing early a long, mud-brown parka. "'I always keep an emergency supply, especially when we get such a cold winter.' Early slipped her arms into the jacket. It covered her hands. Thanks so much, Miss Happity, she said. I didn't mean to leave my stuff at school. I know, dear, and I'll find it when I go and pick up the kids this afternoon. They rode alone in the back of the patrol car, imagining that this is what it might feel like to be Dash if the police found him before his family did. They sped by the entrance to the school Early ducked down and pretended to tie her sneaker, just in case one of the kids spotted her through the window, not that she was ever going back there, just in case. Her whole life felt like a bunch of just-in-case moments now, eating in the school hallway, just in case someone made her feel bad again, checking the recycling a bunch of times, just in case there was almost a newspaper for Juby rushing upstairs as soon as she was back from school, just in case some needed the time before dinner for phone calls. And now, oh no, Early realized with a surge of frustration that Mrs. B had left Mr. Wave's telephone number for her to find at lunchtime, just in case she truly needed it. She did, but now she'd be labeled as the difficult homeless girl if she went back, and Mrs. B would never dare to do that again. The city spinning by outside the windows of the patrol car looked bleak and unkind, a landscape of doors and windows that said never, never, never. Crack. When Early peeked through the curtains in the hospital emergency room, some shrieked and almost crushed her with a surprised hug. Early threw her arms around her mother's neck, something she hadn't done in ages. Juby grinned and made excited snorting sounds from behind his oxygen mask. Some explained that he'd had a coughing fit that morning and then couldn't seem to catch his breath. The doctors diagnosed pneumonia with a sinus infection and had already started him on antibiotics. They assured some that he'd be feeling like his usual bouncy self in no time. Early pulled rhythms out of her bag and both some and Juby clapped as if she'd done a magic trick. The hospital was welcoming, feeding them all a lunch of grilled cheese and grapes. They almost felt giddy. For the first time since they'd gotten to the shelter, the Three Pearls were on their own, out of the cold and in a brightly lit place where they could talk freely. Early spilled the story of the whole rotten morning, including the missed opportunity to get Mr. Wave's number. Some listened intently, then said, "'We gotta get ourselves moving somehow.' That shelter is a godsend of course, but there's enough germs to bring down an army and it's so hard to get anything done. Here's an idea early. Why don't we homeschool you for a bit? Then I can actually go and apply for some jobs, leaving you and Juby together in the lobby or a a, a store for a few minutes. We can visit libraries, go to free places in the city and think again. I feel like I can't get my head together when we're there. Night and day, it's like living inside a subway station. So noisy and busy all the time. And even when you make a phone call, people can hear what you're saying. There's just no privacy ever. Early brightened at the thought of homeschooling, but then paused. How can I do anything but take care of Juby? Though if you're working and you know we can't stay in the shelter alone. Hmm, some said. Well, let's take it a step at a time. As Dash said, we got it all, meaning we're young and strong and we have each other. Just got to make it work. Let's start when we get out of the hospital today by checking every want ad in the papers. Look, I picked up free copies in the lobby here. Might find some wonderful old grandma to watch Juby when he gets better and I'm working. And by then we'll have sorted out the whole school mess. We'll do fine with uh, with or without that Mr. Wave. Early felt almost happy as the three returned to the shelter that night. She listened to her mom telling Mrs. Happity that Juby was now on medicine and already feeling better and that Early would be studying on her own for a bit. Miss Happity brought them the missing coat and backpack, which she'd rescued from a locker at school, but looked concerned about the news about not returning to Hughes. "'Ever homeschooled before, Mrs. Pearl?' she asked. "'Well, no, but Early has always been ahead and—' loves to read. I'm sure she's a wonderful student, but life at a shelter is a big adjustment already, as you know, and we don't want her to fall behind her grade level. There's math and science to study. No worries, Miss Happity. She won't be out long, some said. Early nodded, not knowing if this was the truth. When they were upstairs and tucked into bed, some read aloud the first chapter of Rhythms, and Langston's company felt perfect. Early loved the grace with which he described drawing circles, one inside the other. See how the circles almost seem to move, for you have left something of your own movement there, and your own feeling of place and of roundness. Your circles are not quite like the circles of anyone else in the world, because you are not like anyone else. When a Juby-sized face peeked through the curtains around their cluster and asked, You got your book? Some smiled. As soon as she did, the boy muttered, It was me who had it, but I was scared to give it back yesterday. You was so mad. And then he added in a whisper, And my mama would have whooped me if she knowed. Son patted his hand and said, I won't tell. And besides, you didn't do anything wrong. Juby gave it to you. I was just upset and homesick. This is a family book, and it means a whole lot to us. I'll be sure my son returns your truck tomorrow. And hey, want to listen? The boy shrugged, grinned, and curled against Juby, who was now fast asleep. He listened to a couple of pages before sleeping, too, and when his mother came to scoop him up off the bunk, she thanked some for reading. She explained that she couldn't see well enough to read aloud to her kids, but both early and some knew the truth was something else. This mother could barely read. They'd seen her struggling with a newsletter from the school. At least some had finished high school, And had the advantage of all those years of sharing books with Dash. You're lucky, some, Early said. Understanding what she meant, some sighed. I guess I am. Reading is a tool no one can take away. A million bad things may happen in life, and it'll still be with you, like a flashlight that never needs a battery. Reading can offer a crack of light on the blackest of nights. Early looked carefully at her mother's face. You sound like Dash now. Do I? Some smiled with her eyes, one of the saddest smiles Early had ever seen.